Very good Thursday to you, Mzansi, and welcome to Otherwise Talking Women on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My name is Shara Twala. Hazel Makuzeni produces the show, and today Lance Andrews is driving the show as our technical producer for today. Um, Everyone's talking about the Oscar trial, and due to the live coverage of the trial, we may need to cross back to the proceedings uh, when Judge Masipa returns. Um, So we're not going to have our lunch bite today. We'll go straight into our programming. And what we're talking about today, if you suffer from panic attacks, then do stay tuned. There is a workshop created especially for you. And we hear more about that workshop from Suzette Fenter, uh, how to overcome fear and anxiety. Then there's a solo exhibition by Bernie Stott. We talked to her about it. It is liquid light, forms drawn from water which reflects on the social and symbolic value of water. And it, ap- it, it opens in Durban. In fact, it's been opened since Monday the 8th, but we talk more about it with Bernice Stott. So I'll welcome Suzette Fenter after this. Yeah. Otherwise, on SAFM. If you can answer yes to finding yourself always fearful of anything and everything, then do listen in and stay tuned. Suzette Fenter is running workshops that will help individuals overcome fear, anxiety, and panic attacks. Suzanne, thank you for your time. Suzette, by the way, <laughs> thank you for your time and welcome to Otherwise. Thank you very much. Well, we, we couldn't have chosen a better time. The whole country is anxious about what's going on in court at the moment. Yes. <laughs> is, that the, is that the kind of anxiety we're talking about? What do we, what, what do we mean by anxiety? In anxiety comes from a lot of different um, ways to us. Um, I find that mostly it's unacknowledged um, emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, um, global things that happens like the 9-11 mm-hmm. and the, the court case now with um, Oscar and, and a lot of um, physical um, things that happens in your life create a lot of fear around you and within you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how how do you how can it be diagnosed successfully? <clears throat> yes, it can be. Um, but you know what? A lot of the times, um, people don't realize that it's that it's actually the the thought patterns that creates the fears and the the things they are thinking that that creates that big fear. Um, so and and the other big thing is if. It, it manifests in a physical way. So you will have sweaty palms and heart palpitations and cannot breathing. And so it, it manifests physically and then, especially in a panic attack, and then you rush off to the em- emergency room and they find that there's nothing wrong with you. And yeah, and, and so that's how it um, becomes diagnosed. Mm. And, and, and so anxiety actually leads to panic attacks. Yeah. But then... I just want to know, do they happen at a specific moment when you're having that thought or are they caused by an action? Uh, you may, let's say you're driving and you have a panic attack or because you're imagining an accident or something yeah. like that. So what, what triggers them? That is, that is the biggest thing that people have to battle with because the triggers are so varied for the same thing. Um, it's... Um, you might be driving and you hear uh, a song and it might trigger a panic attack. You mm. will be um, in a situation and it all of a sudden become fearful. So the triggers are, are not um, pinpointed and that 
creates the fear, the, the more you have, uh, yeah. So it's, it, it's actually the triggers that makes them so um, unpredictable. So it's a mental disease, for lack of a better word, or a, a mental <clears throat> disorder. Look, there, there is um, two sides to the story always. Um, one is you, you grow up in a, a, a hostile environment and they shoot randomly around you. And there, yes, you create... Um, there is a, a physical fear of, of your life. Um, but a lot of the times in our society now, and you, you're in a stressful time all the, all the time. You have deadlines and you have things that you have to accomplish. And um, so you're almost permanently in that um, fight or flight response that mm. is a human experience. And um, hardly ever in our lives we get to the rest and digest part where you actually balance that scale within yourself um, and by not creating those spaces in your life to rest and digest all the anxiety you have because the anxiety we crea- uh, that is part of our life are not aligned attacking you. So you don't ride and you don't climb into the tree. So you, 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 you but all the stresses just builds up and builds up and builds up. So you have to create those spaces. So yes, a lot of it is in our minds and in our thought patterns. So the, the panic attacks um, and, and are, are part of what we call a panic disorder, which, mm-hmm. which you've just described, and yes, is, call, is caused by memory mainly, mm-hmm. because if you have to remember something mm-hmm. and, and that triggers it yeah. at yeah. all times. Yeah. But when do you seek help then? That's also so individual. I mean, these people that would uh, do the easy route and they go to somebody and they give their medication, which uh, alleviates a lot of the anxiety or are designed to release a lot of the anxiety. My take on, on, on this is you have to actually feel the feelings and experience that feelings um, or that emotions, which were created in the first event. Um, whether that were in your childhood, whether it was in utero, when it was a physical attack in your life now, you have to feel those feelings and understand where they come from, and then you can work with them. But it's almost like society has created this whole new drug world where you can just pop a, 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 mm. a medication, mm. and I don't knock the medication. There is a valid place for the medication, but there's also a place. If you understand where your anxiety comes from mm. and you have experienced those um, emotions and worked through them, you relieve those panic and those anxieties because that is what I did with myself. Okay. That is how I got to that conclusion. So, so you, you're saying there are exercises uh, yeah. one can do to help themselves, mm-hmm. especially when you're having that attack yeah. at the moment. What does one do before you even get to the GP? <clears throat> if you're experiencing an attack right now, a panic attack, yeah. uh, f- 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 a flight, and what do they call it? Uh, uh, fight or flight. Fight or flight yeah. situation. What do you do? Deep breath? You know what, I, that, this is how I did it. I, uh, yes, I had to go three times to the emergency ward to get to the understanding that this is just a thought pattern of mine. And then I started working with the, with the process. So after the third time I went to the ER, 
I came back, and you actually feel that that anxiety building up in you. You get this uneasiness that flows right through your body, and then you get heart palpitations and the not breathing, mm-hmm. and what all the hyperventilation, and then you the oxygen levels. And I'm not medical, but they all go confused. But what I started doing is concentrated to breathe much slower. Mm-hmm. And then I also went through a, a thing which we called mindfulness, where I would say I'm I'm safe where I'm at. There's no near danger. There's no specific danger. This is my thought patterns, and and that I talked or self-talked myself out of these panic attacks. So the the tools that I use with them is breathing, and then um, being mindful of where you're at and what you're doing. Yeah. So are, are you suggesting that wherever it is where where you feel that anxiety or the panic attack, mm-hmm. um, should you be then in that space and ask yourself what it is about that space that's giving you the attack? You actually need to go to the, the thought that triggers it. The thought? Yeah. Okay. You actually have to go right back to the thought. What were you thinking just before the uh, anxiety started getting to you? Or what you have experienced just before the anxiety came to you. So you you need to um, be very um, open-minded about this. You have to think, what was I thinking while I was driving? Was I thinking that, oh, this big truck, I don't like it next to me, it might fall over on me because (laughs) a couple of years ago it did fall over on somebody, so it could happen to me. Was that your thought pattern? Did that trigger this anxiety? So that that is mainly how you work with this. Um, or you might um, go through or pass a place where you were robbed uh, before and you haven't dealt with the feelings of being in a, an armed robbery. Now you pass the shop that you were armed robbed in, mm-hmm. so all of those feelings comes back again. Is, is it the same with phobias as well? Phobias is a little bit different. Um, it, it works on the same principle, but it's slightly different in the sense where... Um, I mean, you you have a fear of a cockroach. A cockroach, my husband always says, so smaller than your feet, you can step on it. <laughs> but still, it it is it is a fear in you. And every time you don't work with why you're afraid of the cockroach, mm. it just becomes bigger and bigger. The the thought pattern snowballs around that. Are you able to reverse those thoughts eventually? Yes, yes, I've done it. I'm proof of that. Wow. Um, yeah. I, 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 I really, you know, I, I like the idea of, you say, slow, deep breathing. Yeah. Why slow? The, um, there's a practice where they say you should actually just breathe six breaths in a, a, a second. So, um, and by slowing your breathing, you're actually getting more oxygen into your blood system and into your brain where you can function better. Mm-hmm. Um, with this rust life of us, we just breathe so shallowly that we don't oxygenate our, our bodies um, de- deeply enough or give it enough and creates. Yeah, I'm not medical, but it creates a lot of mm-hmm. negativity within you. And I find if you do the deep breath belly into your belly um, breathing, there's a different connection within yourself. And I don't have the medical terms to explain that to you, but I know the, the feeling that it creates. And I also know that people, um, if you think of a person as a computer, the operating system for people are their feelings. 
Mm-hmm. And if they don't know what they're feeling or don't understand what they're feeling, it creates a lot of other stuff. Um, and I found that if you work through those feelings, and never mind how intense they are, um, I lost my son um, in 2006, and mm-hmm. I went in my third year after his death, I went through an enormous amount of anxiety and fear because death was for me a reality, so everybody around me could die. And then my husband will be five minutes late from work, and I would start getting a panic attack mm. because now he's not even late, he's already dead. So do you understand mm. where the thought pattern comes from? Mm. And do you understand how you can reverse that now? Because now I can go and I can sit and say, <clears throat> he's late, he's not dead yet. And, and then reverse the whole spiral because if we have a thought, we create a belief system around that and and the more you go into that thought of the negativity the deeper and the deeper and the deeper the spiral so it, it um in those days you just went from late right through to death in, in in a split second but now when i understand the thought patterns and understand slowing them down i can now see that there's a hundreds of different steps in between being late and being dead, mm. Um, mm. and that is what 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 we work with when we do when I teach these um, um, workshops. Yeah, it's the fear of loss, right? Yeah, yeah. The fear of loss is always with you, regardless of what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and 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 you know, it sounds like what what you're talking about is is also got a lot to do with kind of meditation yeah. and 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 living in the moment. We yes. hear a lot of these yeah. words about, and I suppose mindfulness is 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 yeah. living in the moment. Mindfulness is is the key to that because you have to know where you're at and where you're now. And, and from there build up. And, and I mean, the, the, when I have people on the other end of the telephone and they're in a very bad space with the anxiety or anxiety attack, I first of all say to them, take a deep breath so that they slow down their breathing, okay? Mm-hmm. Then the next thing I will say, tell me something physical next to you so that they become aware of where they are. And from there I build it bigger and bigger and bigger so that they have mm-hmm. an understanding that this is just a thought it's not a reality. So you you do what you call then a creative visualization. Yeah, yeah. And 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 and, and you can teach yourself to do those visualizations. This is it, you know. Mm. I, 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 I'm, I'm, you, I, I like the fact that you, you give people tools to take home mm. and use them every time they have yeah. that experience. But something we haven't spoken about is, is can this be affected also by your diet? Are there certain things you should stay away from that would create that anxiety, that would create that panic attack? You, you know what? If you start the, the, um, the. Um living pattern of being mindful mm-hmm. you will also then eat at a different pace so you will get an understanding of i just had a cool drink a soft drink mm-hmm. with a lot of sugar in and now i'm like hypersensitive towards whatever mm-hmm. okay so if you start doing the mindfulness on every level of your life you'll get an understanding of of the different things that happens to you. Mm. So for me, I might be okay with doing soft drinks, but the next person will not be okay because they're a little bit sugar intolerant, Mm. okay? Mm. But then that creates a lot of um, other things inside of their body. So what, what you need to get to is to get a clear understanding of what works for you. 
and and there's somehow a loss of the understanding of the individuality of each person. So they say if if um, this soft drink doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for everybody. But it's not the truth. Mm-hmm. Different people have different um, um, effects. Different strokes of different folks. Yeah, eh? yeah. So so um, you cannot generalize and say um, my anxiety is worse than your anxiety or my anxiety is created by drinking soft drinks you have to find what works for you and that is what we actually do during this workshop is finding where does this thought come from what do i need to change in my life to get to a better place with this and a better understanding of that Um, and can i experience this um, emotions that i had on that trigger point and can i alleviate them Is it safe enough to have that experience? Because a lot of people are so scared of being sad or being angry or being whatever emotion they are. But if you have the understanding that you can have those emotions and even release those emotions, but you're not allowed to hurt other people with that emotion. So a lot of people misunderstand this. So if you are feeling angry, then for sure you can heat a pillow, but you can't heat a person. Mm-hmm. You understand? So, so when you become mindful around these things, then you have a different way of looking at things. And that brings a calmness and a um, different understanding for yourself. You know, Suzette, I've been listening very attentively, and, and you, I, I believe that whether we get panic, panic attacks or not, all of us live with some kind of fear because yeah. it's such an, a very strong emotion. I think it's as strong as love is. Mm. And, you know, we, 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 you put one, although they're opposites. Mm. And I think that it would help every individual, um, even, you know, t- just to be aware and that mindfulness mm. that that you talk about. So, you know, even if we don't have panic attacks, I think it would be worth um, a, a better life to to go to one of your workshops. You know, yeah. you 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 yeah. breathe and and take and, and understand yourself better, if anything. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I like that. For yeah. but, but but you're giving this workshop now, um, and I'm not too sure when it is. When, when is it's it? Saturday is the, um, one of them, and uh, yeah, I do them every couple of weeks. Um, but Saturday is one of them, and if the people want to attend, they can. There's still some spaces left, so they can contact me, and we, I can just give them the venue and, and detail. And are, are these, where are these workshops? In, in the northern suburbs of um, Cape Town. Is it in Cape Town? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Northern suburbs, and yeah. we'll, you'll give us a website. But do you then? How do people outside of the Western Cape? Uh, how can they benefit from your workshops? Well, if they get a group together and they, the group is larger than ten or ten people at least, then mm-hmm. I travel. Or oh, then you travel to different yeah. parts wherever yeah. you're required to travel. Yeah. Yeah. It, it sounds like your experience, and as bad as it was, I, I think it's brought us uh, benefits of, of, you know, of healing at least. Yeah. Be- because it sounds like you know you've 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 benefited from this and you've put these workshops together, and uh, I'm I'm so glad for your time. Thank you for talking to us, Suzette. and and give us your website again. Um, yeah, they can go on um, www.tcfcape. So, sorry, TCF. Yeah, the Compassionate Friends. Sorry, you'll have to say that again. It's www.tcf. T for Tommy. T for Tommy. 
Ah, the compassionate friends. friends. TCF, yeah. TCF Cape? Like Cape Town, Cape. That's here, that's there. And they'll find my contact details on there. They can either email or phone me. Fantastic. All the best. All the best, Suzette. Thank you for the time. Thank you. All right, there you have it. Uh, Suzette Fanta, who runs these workshops, Overcoming Fear and Anxiety and Panic Attacks. And uh, her website is www.tcf, which stands for The Compassionate Friends, Cape. Uh, .co.za I think that mindfulness is so important because then you know it, it will deal with a whole lot of other issues that you may be dealing with and uh, you know that as I say fear is a very strong very strong emotion is as strong as love and rather be able to love freely than be fearful when we come back I'm very interested in talking to our next guest, Bernice Scott. She's running a solo exhibition, which is currently running at Art Space in Durban, and uh, it closes on the 27th of September. But I'm interested in the reflection on the social and symbolic value of water, and we will talk to her in a few minutes. Otherwise, on SAFM. Thank you, Utsile. It is uh, now, I'm so excited to be talking to Bernie Scott. She has the solo exhibition that opened on Monday, and she'll tell us more about it. Bernice, hello, welcome. Hello, Shadow. Thank you so much. And thank you for your time. You opened the exhibition on Monday. How has the response been? I think it's been very good. Um, yesterday I was in the, um, the gallery, and I found that a lot of people had come through. I was really very heartened by the number of people and the diverse group of people who came to the exhibition opening. I, what attracted me about it is the forms drawn from water, liquid light, and you're talking about the social and symbolic value of water. Just give us your reflection here. Well, if we looked at the social uh, value of water, it can cause quite a lot of anxiety thinking about the previous <laughs> person you interviewed. <laughs> because, um, and I don't want it to be fearful. Um, I want us to become much more mindful, actually, mm-hmm. uh, to counter our casual disregard for the Earth's very threatened water supply. So I'm drawing attention, really, to the beauty of water and its mystique. Uh, but at the same time, in terms of social uh, value, water has become this, saleable commodity known as blue gold of the future mm. and it's third in line to oil and its economic value and as one uh, writer said if you think access to oil is the future global crisis think again water is a flashpoint of the future and that for me causes anxiety because i don't think we understand um the, the importance of it and what what the kind of world world will live in without it Yes, it, is, it does play this pivotal role in the adaptation to climate change, and the political world has been quite slow to recognize this notion, but now water equals power is becoming far more recognized, and governments are starting to factor this into their decision-making. So when I looked at it, UN Water, for instance, has ta- undertaken an expert consultation within its 31 member nations, and they've analyzed the role of water in the post-2015 Millennium Development Agenda, and the technical advice uh, and its outcome is prioritize water over and above all things. Because, of course, uh, what happens is that um, water, the Earth is warming, and water is the primary medium through which climate change impacts the Earth's ecosystems. And by that, I mean extreme weather conditions we're all so aware of. 
that are predicted to affect the availability of rainfall or snow melt or mm. sea level rise or river flows and, and groundwater. And then, of course, it affects the livelihoods and well-being of society. But, but, this is the but, if we are proactive, and that's what I would want to draw attention to, mm. Uh, to recognize that because over 70% of the earth is blue, covered in water, it is to be taken very, very seriously. And we just start um, countering this, as I said, casual disregard that we have for water. And, you know, various cultures, and I think all cultures across the world, uh, use there's a symbolism about water, uh, you know, in a ritualistic form. And, and mm. we, we all believe this, a lot of us are put together or uh, have a strong reference to water as what culturally binds us. And, yes. and, and that, for me, is, 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 is what causes anxiety as well, that without the symbol of water, uh, um, the, uh, our, our 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 connectedness is is fragile. Yes, indeed it is. Um, when I turned to water as an archetype, I realised that it was, as I put it, the, the source and grave of all things. In other words, it has um, the ability of power and death, mm. and it also is a symbol of uh, life giving and life destroying. And I think I was very aware of that as a keen surfer in my youth, with a great passion for the sea. Um, I had both a fear for the sea, but a, a love for it. And um, I also recognized that this uh, affinity that I had for it, if I look back, it, it was about Greek philosophy saying, you know, the original substance was water, two-thirds of our body are made up with water, mm. all our bodies. Then in the monotheistic religions, Jewish, Christian, and Islamic um, origin myths, they all agree that it is the original substance. And then if you look at polytheistic religions, Hinduism, it is a sacred e element. Mm. And of course it signifies, I think, for all of us, uh, the great mother, the universal womb, its refreshment, its fertility, its the fountain of life, um, its regeneration, or cleansing, sanctification, many, many things. So it's... Um, in all cultures, it's a, a great symbol and it, it's greatly significant, but I think it's also a possible binding of us together, particularly now, as um, all of us need to pay attention to the fact that water is going to be um, the flashpoint of the future. Mm. Now, how have you then, I, I'm, I'm loving this, this conversation because I'm, I'm trying to imagine the exhibition then. How do you uh, pr present what you've presented to us now on the radio in, in, in your work? Uh, is it easy to get the message? Is it easy to read? Is it easy to, does it highlight the kind of conversation we're having with you now? Um, certainly hope so. <laughs> 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 Obviously, you know, words uh, say it's far more clearly in a way than uh, visual imagery does, and mm -hmm. so that is the challenge. But nevertheless, uh, the other challenge that I set myself was how was I going to represent water's liquidity in a solid form, mm. meaning sculpture. Mm. So I was on my gym treadmill, or not mine, uh, at, the, at the gym, treadmill, <laughs> <laughs> I was looking over this huge pool and the, the beauty of the light capturing it, and um, thought, how am I going to, in a solid form, imagine this movement uh, of water, um, particularly photography that can capture light, does it far more effectively than sculpture. So I have literally introduced light into one particular piece, and then I have also um, lit the pieces uh, with stage lighting, in fact, to, to dramatize the work. 
but at the same time, um, I've tried to look at all the other um, symbols of water from birth, um, from the moon to fishes to tides, waves and mythology to see if um, my affinity with water can be um, captured for people. And I haven't given very much in terms of the titles underneath. Mm-hmm. I'll say much more about the, the walkabout, but hopefully um, something like Groundswell, for instance, talks about the um, torrential uh, muddy rivers of the, um, the Orange River that I saw with lots of uh, bubbling branches in it, but it was quite dirty. Mm-hmm. Something like that has a beauty even in itself. Um, to, to given the idea of Groundswell, just a title might um, evoke what I was attempting to, to portray there. What, what, what materials have you, have you used for, for your, your sculptures? Uh, Shadow, I've gone all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried traditional materials. And I've used metal embracing. I've also used industrial waste. Mm. I've used tin cans. I have used branches, natural. I love the um, difference between natural and uh, the manufactured. So there's plastic involved. And there's concrete. Um, let me see, glass. Wow. And... Even f- uh, fabric and ribbon. Wow, I'm 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 really trying to imagine this. That's why I'm trying to <laughs> get as much detail <laughs> in my head as possible. And 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 it's 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 running up until the 27th. What yes. happen What happens after that? Does it travel, or do we miss it altogether? I'm hoping so. I'm hoping it's going to Johannesburg, mm-hmm. and I have an agent at the moment who is pitching it to a gallery in Johannesburg. So I, I do hope that it goes there. Okay, and what what you mentioned a walkabout? The walkabout is on Saturday morning at Art Space, which is three Millar Road, which is off Amgeni Road in Durban, and it's at eleven o'clock. Okay, so you you will be doing the walkabout, and people yes. can yes. ask you. Can you having a conversation really with whoever is interested to to talk about the the work? Yes, it will be a conversation, so people can um, ask me very particular questions about the, the pieces. No, fantastic. And, and is there anywhere people can visit and, and a website maybe to see some of your other work and, and maybe included this, this exhibition as well? Does it exist on a website? It doesn't, Shadow, and I've got to do that. It's my next go-to project uh, straight after this. There are lots of photographs, but um, if you Google uh, liquid light forms drawn from water, um, the publicity agent has put it on a number of other websites. Um, so what's on Johannesburg, um, ArtSmart, um, but it seems to come up, I was Googling it last night, in several places. And if we, so, go, if we Google your name? Uh, yes, but it's best to do liquid light, forms mm-hmm. drawn from water, and then my name, Bernice Stutt. Okay. But if you just get the title of the exhibition, it will come up in various places. No, and then you'll see some photographs. Fantastic. I hope you, you do travel and it's seen everywhere because I think it's an important conversation to have. But also it, it would be valuable to see how people respond to it. Because, um, again, I think we, we, we don't understand the power of water yet and, and how it could either make us or destroy us. Yes, yes, I, I agree with you. And so I'm certainly hoping that we'll uh, rather um, adapt to climate change and start seeing its importance in our lives. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Bernice, and I I, I wish you all the success. eh? Thank you, Shadow.
Thank you, Shadow. You take, take care. Bye bye. It's Bernice Stott as an ST. O-T-T. Uh, the exhibition is called uh, Liquid Light Forms Drawn from Water. If you're listening, you may just want to Google that at the moment to, to get a glimpse of it. If you're in Durban, though, it is currently running at uh, Art Space. And Durban and Art Space is at 3 Miller Road in Durban. And you may call them if you want more directions, 31 312 Zero seven nine three zero three one three one two zero seven nine three, and the gallery hours um, open Monday to Friday from nine until five, and then Saturday and public holidays from nine until two in the afternoon. Looks sounds very very interesting, and I'm, I, I hope you enjoy the walkabout on Saturday at eleven o'clock.